Hi everyone and welcome back to Fridays at Work. I'm Heidi Mackey and I can't wait to get into this episode on the female voice. This is our last episode with me as your host and I've enjoyed every minute of this journey in the podcast. The podcast started out as a project for my class and slowly turned into my favorite time of the week. The time I spent reading, researching, and writing were my favorite points of the semester. I love this podcast and all the ideas, topics, and research that it brought me and I hope that you guys can say most of the same as well. When this podcast project was brought up to us, I was immediately immediately excited. I knew that I always wanted to do a podcast and I wanted it to be about something I'm passionate about. Well, if you can't already tell, I am passionate about um, women in the workplace, feminist research, theory, and obviously communication. I've had a really great time running this podcast with all of you and then my co-host at the very beginning of this podcast, and I hope that eventually it'll get picked up again. This has been the best time of my semester, and I'm so thankful that I got to do such an amazing project like this to get to finish off my undergrad years. Also, if I sound a little different, it's because I'm having some sinus issues today, so that's why my voice may sound a little deeper, but... I'm feeling fine, no COVID-19 here, just some sinuses with all the weather change. As always, I'm super excited for this month's topic. I've been excited for all of the topics that we've done, but I just need to let everybody know again, of course, I'm excited for this month's topic. So just a quick reminder and your last reminder what this podcast is about and what our purpose and vision has been. The purpose of this podcast is to explore the narrative surrounding the concept or idea of the glass ceiling with a focus on the women who are breaking through it. Voice. That's the topic of this podcast. Voice. We all have one. We don't always use them the same though, and we don't use them the same way. Some people use their voice to make a change, bring light to a situation, or to argue. We can use our voices to do so many different things to express all the emotions or ideas that we have. We see men's voices different as women's voices, and I'm not exactly sure why if the same things are being said, but the gender is different. We're going to cross that bridge and look at it from a man's point of view. So let's shift perspectives here and see what happens. This is what men see when they see women speaking in meetings. Now, sometimes it's hard to step out of our shoes into somebody else's. And sometimes the male perspective is not one that we as women are too keen to jump onto and see from. But for the sake of this podcast and this month's episode, let's give it a try. So men believe that women have a hard time making their strong and capable voices heard during a meeting because there are a number of phrases that women say that lead them to believe that. Okay, so the first one is that women just aren't talking loud enough to be heard. Second, women allow themselves to be interrupted. And if you immediately kind of like got apprehensive and were like, I don't allow myself to be interrupted, you're not alone. I did that same thing too. Okay, carrying on. Women can't find a way to break through into the conversation. Well, yeah. 
Um, women tend to apologize a lot and that ruins whatever they said. Okay, sidebar. I am guilty of this and I'm mad about it because I know how guilty of this that I am. So if you're mad about this too or you're like, "Ah, that's such crap, it's probably because you're doing that and don't take offense to that because I am right there with you, sister. I, I do this too and it is not just you, okay? Not just you. Okay, and last one. Women fail to back up their opinions with evidence or proof. So let's unpack this a bit. I want to start with women allowing themselves to be interrupted. Do women really allow themselves to be interrupted? Or are we too scared or nervous to take back the conversation? I mean, give it a second. What do you think? Personally, I think in some situations, women are too nervous to take back the conversation. But when I think of this, I immediately think of, and picture it with me, Senator, now Vice President-elect Kamala Harris and her famous line during the Vice President debate with Vice President Mike Pence. <clears throat> Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Yes, I'm speaking. Is that what women are supposed to do? If so, say less and I'll gladly start doing that. But it's honestly just rude to interrupt anyone in general. Men don't like being interrupted, so why would a woman like being interrupted? Are we supposed to hold our hand up and say, excuse me, but I'm speaking? Because that seems even ruder to me and seems like it would start more conflict. Is there a win in the solution? I mean, how do women win on this? Do we let ourselves get interrupted or do we take back the conversation even though it may come off as rude or too blunt? I don't know. Personally, for me, I'll just be making sure that my voice is still heard. All right, let's go back and unpack that one about women tend to apologize a lot and that ruins whatever they said. Why is this? It's a messed up female habit for women who constantly apologize. I mean, is there really anything to apologize for? I don't think so. And if you're one of those people who has a constant, oh, I'm sorry, my bad. I'm sorry if that's you, if you apologize for everything, please go listen to Brene Brown's Unlocking Us podcast about apologizing. She has a two-part apology podcast episodes, and they are amazing um it's it's changed the way that I see apologies and it's the way changes the way I accept apologies too I don't accept an apology with it's okay because it's not okay if it hurt my feelings not okay it's good that you're apologizing but what you did is not okay okay that's off the point so I'm one of those people who I apologize for everything and I have an example for this at work the other day, I was supposed to pass a message along to another coworker for a task to be done for our boss. I passed said message along, said it twice. This coworker didn't get the project done. And in turn, I was saying, I'm sorry, even though I didn't do anything wrong. I think women, and this is just my opinion, 
I think that women tend to say sorry because at some points in time we've been taught that we are inferior to men and so therefore we should be apologizing to them for any mistake. But you know, it's been a while since I've heard an apology from a man. It's like pulling teeth to get men to apologize. And then there, for some women, it's like pulling teeth to get them to apologize. Apologies are great and all, but you have to know when's the time and place. Okay, this is the last one that we're going to unpack of those. Women can't find a way to break through into a conversation. Is that just an issue that women have or is that an issue that everyone has? Take a second and think about it. I personally believe that this is an issue that everyone has, but as far as women go, okay, yeah, I understand. It says in here that some women don't know how to read the room unless there's another female in there that they can get a gauge off of. That makes sense. Sometimes you don't know. And it's always that phrase, and I don't know why, it's so triggering to me and it makes me so mad to speak when spoken to. But then you know that you should also speak up if something's on your mind and you feel like it's adequate and it's for the good of the group. Say it. Um, there, it is hard to find that time because you don't want to jump in and interrupt the person who's talking and then you don't want to start talking and someone else starts talking and then you do that whole awkward, no, it's okay, you go. No, it's fine, really, I don't, it wasn't important. What I had to say is not important, you go. Don't do that. If someone tells you, okay, you go, then take it. Take that moment and start talking. Don't say it's not important because then when you do start talking, people aren't going to listen because they've heard you say, oh, it's not that important. What you say matters. What you want to say matters. You're sitting at that table for a reason. You have a chair at that table for a reason. So you know what? Do yourself a favor and start making your voice heard. Start speaking up. Maybe there are people who are waiting for you to speak. You have great ideas on paper, but people want to hear those great ideas in person. You can do it, I promise. Just speak up, make your voice heard, and it's all going to be good. Just find that moment, and if you can't find the moment, I mean, there's really no shame in, like, putting your hand up or putting your pen up to let them know, to let the speaker know that you have something you want to say. So just speak up. That's, that's what we've got to do. Girls, ladies, women, we have just got to speak up. Okay, and of course, I'm never going to present a problem or an issue and not give you some ideas on how to fix it or ways that you can start working on it, okay? So here we go. This is what women can do in situations that they want to make sure their voices are heard. Women should approach meetings in a way that feel natural to them. So if making it more conversational feels the best for you, take that approach. If you're leading the meeting, it's up to you. And Socratic seminar is the best for you. Set it up like that. You're in charge. You can do what you want. And then that way you're flowing and people are impressed because you know what you're talking about. You know what's going on and you're in charge. You're confident. If addressing comments and bullet points makes you feel the most comfortable too, 
do that. Just do what makes you feel comfortable. If having a meeting and addressing it in bullet points, because that is the simplest and easy way to get through it, do that. Just make sure you leave time for questions after because there will always be questions. And just something I've learned from public speaking is never second guess or underestimate the amount of questions you'll be asked. It's always better to overestimate because at least one person wasn't paying attention or one person's confused and they're going to need some clarification. So just leave time for questions, but lead the meeting the way that makes you feel the most heard and empowered and confident. Second, get prepared to speak. You should walk into your meeting with a few notes of what you want to say. These talking points can be in bullet points or full-on sentences. You should also practice what you want to say ahead of time. Say in the mirror or to yourself a few times to help you figure out your tone and delivery. This has been a lifesaver for me with all of the countless meetings I've had with work, with school. I'm now going into it usually what the meeting's going to be about. So I'll write down a few bullet points of what I want to say. And if I'm driving to this meeting, I will practice it in my car what I want to say because you never want your tone or delivery to be off. Um, and you want to make sure your nonverbals are in check too. I mean, come on. We, I've gone into my spiel about the nonverbals. You want to make sure that your face is matching what you're saying. And fortunately... If your meeting is in person, you have to wear a mask due to COVID-19. So some of your nonverbals are cut off, but they can only see your eyes. And then if you're doing a Zoom meeting, well, then everyone can see. But the big point here is to just practice what you're saying because then you're less likely to stumble over your words and more likely to sound like you know what you're talking about, which you are. And practicing can help you sound better and be more confident. I don't want to say practice makes perfect because bad practice doesn't make perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. And that's something that my dad taught me from a young age. Okay, last one. Nail those pre-meeting conversations. Get to the meeting early and talk with your colleagues. Engage in those conversations so that way you've already been talking with them and it's not as intimidating. You can also use this time to shoot out some ideas or talking points and get some feedback before you speak during during your meeting. You may not care about what's going on in your coworkers' lives, but just bringing it up to them and being like, hey, um, how's your son? Or just talking. You've already opened your mouth in that room. You've already been comfortable talking with everybody. You've got that conversational flow going. So now there's nothing really stopping you from keeping that going for the rest of it. So these are three really good ways that you can help make your voice heard and to feel more confident as you go on. Okay, so like the last episode, I have some phrases for you to switch out so that you can seem more confident and more sure of what you're saying. I got a lot of great feedback on that in the last episode, and so anytime I get good feedback about something, I'm going to continue to do it because obviously the people love to hear it, and I am here to give the people what they want. I live to serve. Okay. All right. Moving on. And I'm, again, so sorry about the way that I sound. I wish I could help it, um, but seasonal allergies y'all in this Arkansas weather of it's cold one day and then it was 70 degrees yesterday and now today it's storming so 
we roll with the punches. All right, okay. So instead of saying, how about we, blah, 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 try saying, I strongly suggest. Because when you say, how about we, it's more of a suggestion, but it's more, but it's like you're kind of suggesting, kind of not. But when you say, I strongly suggest, that's essentially saying, like, my, like, I would really like for us to do this, um, and it's my strongest, like, wish or whatever. Okay. Instead of saying, I tend to agree, try saying, this is right, and here is why. I love this clear, direct communication of, this is right, and here is why. There is no room for interpretation in that statement. There is no ambiguity nothing. You're saying that you know this is right, and then you're backing it up, and when you back it up, you need to have those all, all of those points, or whatever it is, clear, precise, and cut out. I get chills by that statement, and maybe that's just the communication nerd in me, but I love how direct and to the point that is, so use that in the future. The next one is, instead of saying, I think maybe we should Maybe you should try saying, my strongest advice is that we. And that's another one, like the beginning one. When you say things like shoulda, coulda, woulda, nobody's going to do it. But when you're telling someone, my strong advice, that's you taking point, taking charge of the situation. And you're going to lead, lead it on. Okay, moving on. Instead of saying, maybe we can, try saying, here's my plan. This is another good one. A lot of people look for those, those workers, those employees who take the initiative where, and my boss is big on this, where he gives me 30% of the information and then it's on me to go figure out the rest and just take point in doing it. It's part of owning your position and owning your research, your voice, who you are. Own it. Do it. All right, and the last one. Instead of saying, well, what if we try this? Instead saying, I recommend. Take out that question of, well, we should, or that that's like second-guessing yourself. And we are not second-guessing ourselves, ladies. We know what we're about. We know what we're saying. We know what we're doing. And that's, that's it. So take that what you will. Changing this language will help your voice be heard, especially with those key words of my strong advice, this is right and here's why, I strongly suggest. If you're strongly doing anything, obviously there's a reason why and people are going to hear that and want to know and continue to think what you have going. I know that I talk a lot or some might think I preach about confidence a lot in this podcast, but... I've come to learn this year in 2020 and what the year that it's been is that women lack the confidence. While I've been doing all this research and reading and talking to different women in different places and spaces, women lack confidence within themselves. And I'm not just talking about like confidence in their appearance, but women, I think what's the most upsetting to me is not even the lacking confidence in appearance, but that women lack confidence in the things that they know. I mean, women are lacking confidence in stuff they went to school for, not just in undergrad, but graduate school, and they got their PhD in. I mean, 
we all want to be the expert in, our, expert in our field, but we shouldn't be lacking that confidence of knowing what we're talking about. You went to school or you went to trade school. You did whatever to know the stuff that you were talking about. So be confident in yourself. You put time into it, preparation. Even if you didn't put time or preparation into it, you still know what you're talking about because you would not be in that room. You would not have a seat at that table at that meeting if you didn't. And if you dragged your own seat up to that table because you knew that you had something to say and that's what your confidence led you to do, then good for you and I am so proud of you. I try to pick, sidebar, I try to pick at the beginning of every year, usually I spend the end of December thinking about this, and I always want to start January 1st with a word in mind that that is my word that will guide me through the year. For 2019, it was intention. I wanted to be more intentional and have more intention with the things that I was doing. For 2020, it's confidence, and I have stuck by this so much through this year that my confidence has gotten me so many places. Like, I can't even begin to explain it. It got me to getting rehired for my internship for a second semester, even though it was only supposed to be one semester. It got me where I am today with my professors and having the confidence to go in there and talk to them. It got me, it gets me a lot of places. Um, not going to lie to you because the thing is, is that I don't pretend that I'm the smartest gal in the room because I don't want to be the smartest person in the room because I want to be constantly learning, but I'm the most confident person in the room. I make sure that I'm very sure of myself. And here's the thing. Fake it till you make it. I may seem overly confident, but please know that at some point I'm on the inside screaming about how insecure I feel or how nervous I am in that moment. So it's not easy. It's taken me 23 years to get here. Um, but having that confidence in yourself of knowing that you're there for a reason and your voice is supposed to be heard, it's going to help you so much. Your voice is meant to be heard. You are deserving of being heard. That's it. That's the final line. I mean, there's nothing more to say there. Have confidence in yourself. Um, practice what you're saying to have confidence in yourself. Do three affirmations in the mirror before you leave. Do the superwoman's pose that we've talked about in previous episodes. Do what you need to do to make yourself feel confident so that you will make your voice heard. All right, y'all know what time it is. It's time for my favorite part of this podcast. It is time to honor our woman of the month. And I always get so excited for this portion because it is so much fun to research the powerful women in leadership positions. And then I get to report back to all of you. And I tend to make a list and I go through and do as much research as I can. And I don't have a true form of how I pick the special woman. I just pick whoever sticks out the most to me. But for this one, we have five women that I wanted to talk about. Because for this topic of voice, I just couldn't pick one person. There's just so many women out there doing so many amazing things. Okay. Insert 
drum roll sound now. Okay, that wasn't exactly a drum roll sound, but you still get the point. Okay, moving on. Anita Hill. This is a woman who spoke up about sexual her sexual harassment experience. I cannot pronounce this young woman's last name, not out of ignorance, not because I haven't sat here for the past 15 minutes hating myself, trying. I can pronounce her first name, but I cannot pronounce her last name, and I'm not going to butcher it. I feel like that's so disrespectful, um, but I hope that you all know who I'm talking about. Malala. This is the young woman who spoke up for women's rights in Pakistan, who was shot by the Taliban. Is this ringing bells? This is, that's who I'm talking about. I, again, I cannot say her last name and I do not want to do that. I don't want to butcher it. Okay, moving on. Victoria Woodhull spoke up on women's suffrage. And then Congresswoman Andrea Ocasio-Cortez is the youngest Congresswoman and is constantly speaking up about climate change, environmental changes, women's rights, essentially everyone's rights. A lot of people say that AOC gets too passionate or she's full of hot air, but are they saying that because she's a woman? We've had this conversation, and I'll leave you leave that up to you all to make your own um, assumptions or judgments. Last up, Greta Thunberg. This is the young woman who spoke up about climate change, and she sailed on her boat to the United Nations um, conference about climate change. This young woman is extraordinary. All of these women are extraordinary. They have all spoken up about topics that are hard to hear or controversial that we don't normally hear women speaking up about. And so I just want to honor, wanted to go ahead and honor all five of them instead of just picking one because it didn't seem very fair to me. And honestly, the two that I love the most is Malala and Greta's because these are young women. They were both... I believe Greta's like 13, and Malala, when this happened, she was in her teens, and Malala has a book about her, and Greta, um, she's featured in several books, and Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton's Gutsy Women book, they talk about Greta. These are younger people, um, I believe Gen Z, I know Greta is, who are making these changes and standing up and demanding that their voices are being heard. And that just, I get so overwhelmed by it because it makes me so happy. And I think about myself just being this 23-year-old girl from Arkansas, and I'm like, oh, I can't make a difference. There's nothing I can talk about, but that's not true. I'm sure that Greta, Malala, they both thought, well, we're just kids. No one's going to listen to us. Not true. Make your voice heard and make it known. I mean, every day it's happening in history of more and more young women making their voices heard and they're making history and they're inspiring more and more women to stand up and do the same thing. My final words before we close out. Make your voices heard. We were given a voice for a reason. Speak up and stand out. Don't hide away. Don't hide behind your hair when you're speaking. Make your voice known 
and speak out when it feels right to you. And when it feels right, it may also feel uncomfortable or scary or emotional. Do it anyway. You're gonna get more comfortable with it as it goes on. And you deserve to make your voice heard. And I can't stress that enough. You deserve everything that you're going for. Do that by making your voice heard and making yourself known for what you want. That is one of my biggest fears in life is that people are never going to know what I want because I'm too scared because I don't think I deserve it and I lack that confidence. But I've been spending the past year working on that and I do know that I deserve to be heard. I mean, I was given a voice and I can use it for good. People use their voice all the time for bad. I mean, I'm sure you can think of quite a few people, quite a few public leaders, if you know what I mean, who use their voice and do nothing but spew hate and bigotry and ugliness. Just be the change. I hate that. I hate how cliche it is, but it's so true, especially now. We're about to enter a new year. Make that promise to yourself. Make If you make any New Year's resolutions... Make this one and stand by it. I am going to make myself be heard. And I'm going to use my voice to empower myself and to empower others. Make this your New Year's resolution and just stick to it. You will thank yourself so much later down the road. Because the first time you do it, it is scary and you feel like you're going to pass out and you're dizzy, but once it's over, you will be thanking yourself, and then it just gets so much easier from there. So just do yourself a favor, and practice now, and make a point now, and say to yourself that that's what you're going to do. You're going to be confident. You're going to stick to it. You know what you're about. That's my last piece of advice. Well, Thank you, everyone, for tuning back into another episode of Friday's Work. I love getting to do the research and share it with you, and I hope this gives you a better glance at how you can better use your voice at work. This is only a glance at it because it can go much deeper than this, and I highly recommend to everyone who's interested to go read the Harvest Business Review's 10 must-reads on women in leadership and in the Harvest Business Review about women in the workplace. This is where I have gotten all of my research from. I read these for my Women in the Workplace class, and I still go back to it when I need to be inspired. Sad, because this is my final time tuning out. But again, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened to this podcast, who supported me, who was there for me, sending me well wishes, telling me that I don't sound stupid. Um, And... I just want to say a big thank you to Dr. Bedner, my advisor, for believing in me and handing this off to me and just like having those high expectations so that I can meet them. And just thank you for all that you did for me during this time with this podcast. I will forever be grateful for it and this opportunity and this experience. It is the perfect way for me to close out my undergrad experience. Um, Thank you, everyone, and thank you for listening.